What is up and welcome in. It's a uh, couple day late edition of Post Loons. It's April 24th, 2022. As we are recording, it's probably Monday the 25th as you're listening to this. But either way, uh, better late than never. Here to break down Minnesota United's 3-0 dominant victory over what seemed to be a high-quality Chicago Fire side, considering what had happened in the early portion of the MLS schedule. Obviously, they came in limping off of the Union Omaha loss in the U.S. Open Cup, and uh, they continued that downward trend against the Loons, but obviously credit Minnesota United for earning that 3-0 victory at Allianz Field. Wonderwall blaring. You love to see it. And it's another big win in what has become a theme. Three wins in a week for the Loons. My name is Jeremy Rushing, here to break it all down on this edition of Post Loons, of course, presented by SodaSoccer.com, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. Jacob Schneider just posted a really, really good, um, not just a recap of the match, but sort of a check-in on where this team is about eight weeks in. Yes, if you can believe it, we are already eight weeks in to the MLS regular season. Um, and he says... Minnesota United, right where they should be, right where they need to be at that two-month mark. So you can go check check that out right now, sodasoccer.com. Uh, Dominic Jose Bazonio also has a really good lower league feature on Whitney Brown, previously of Minneapolis City, Minnesota Twin Stars, now Joy Athletic in the NPSL North. You can check out that really great feature now at sodasoccer.com, as well as all the great Minnesota United and Minnesota Soccer as a whole content that we have there. Make sure you follow us on the socials at Soda, S-O-C, S-O-T-A-S-O-C as well. So let's check in on where we were pregame before we actually get into the match itself. The Loons were coming off back-to-back wins, first two multi-goal games of the year and the 3-1 win against Colorado and the 2-0 U.S. Open Cup win over forward Madison. So that was good vibes, but the vibes quickly changed on Friday as we received news that uh, Hassani Dotson had gone down in training with an injury on Friday. We didn't know the severity of said injury at the time. And then about an hour and a half before kickoff on Saturday, it was officially announced that Dotson tore his ACL. There was some meniscus damage as well. But even without that, a torn ACL means you are out for the year. And so automatically... Minnesota United loses its most versatile player, perhaps its most important player from that versatility standpoint, what he can bring in a starting spot off the bench, um, especially with the backline health issues that this team was already facing with Roman Metnair specifically. He was able to slot him in that right back spot. And I think the most, I think the most disappointing part of this, I guess the most unfortunate part of this for me is that it really seemed like, and we talked about this, Dominic Jose Bisonio and I did on the last edition of Post Loons after the Colorado match. We felt like Hassani Dotson was really starting to come into his own at that right back position. He was really starting to make it his own. He was really starting to get comfortable there and understand the position and understand the kind of quality he can bring in that position. Overlapping runs were becoming more of a thing with him, getting into the attack, which he likes to do. He was seeming to define ways to insert his his own game, his own skill, his own personality into that right-back spot, make it work. And then suddenly, boom, snap a finger, out for the year. Non-contact, non-contact injury on the indoor turf at uh, the National Sports Center in Blaine on Friday. So he's out for the year. 
This was pre-Chicago match. So you're coming in thinking, man, unfortunate circumstances heading into this one. But on the field, the team was rolling. So I came in, was like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. I have no idea how this game is going to go. And my first thing here has to do with that right back position. But it does not have to do with Hassani Dotson. My first of my three things here is O'Neal Fisher stepped up. He had been good and solid for Minnesota United coming in to this match when he was called upon. But man, I think this is the best I'd seen O'Neal Fisher in a Minnesota United uniform. I cannot speak to his career prior to coming to the Loons. Did not watch a single second of O'Neal Fisher or pay attention, I guess, pay close attention to O'Neal Fisher's um, on-field play before coming to Minnesota United. But of uh, you know his first three or four appearances, Saturday was the best he's looked in a Minnesota United uniform. Solid job defensively, doing work in the attack, getting into the attack, really good passes in the attack as well. That's what they're going to need without Hassani Dotson. Not only do you lose a lot from a defensive midfield standpoint, but if Roman Metinair is going to continue to be injured for an extended period of time, which I feel like he may be just because of the reoccurring nature of that hamstring injury, you're going to need somebody else. You're going to need a third person now to step up at right back. O'Neal Fisher did the job on Saturday, albeit against a Chicago Fire attack that was pretty non-existent outside of Shakiri, And they've been pretty non-existent all year outside of Shakiri. So, good start. But LAFC next Sunday, completely different animal. Team is tops in the league when it comes to goal scoring. That is going to be the test if O'Neal Fisher gets the start. I feel like he earned that on Saturday to be the starter at right back moving forward um, until he uh, does something to lose that spot, which hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he just stays solid and stays right back. If Roman Mettner is hurt, O'Neal Fisher just slots into that spot and doesn't let it go. That would be great. That would be ideal. But he stepped up on Saturday. Let's see what he does against LAFC next Sunday. My second thing here has to do with the attack. And this is not, I don't have a really a headline for this. So I'm just going to kind of elaborate right off the bat. When Emmanuel Reynoso is on, Minnesota United is dangerous, competitive. They can they can compete with any team in the league. When Emmanuel Reynoso and Robin Lud are on their game at the same time in the same match, Minnesota United is borderline unstoppable. And you can quote me on that. Borderline unstoppable stoppable when you have Robin Lud and Emmanuel Reynoso on their game and clicking like they were on Saturday. I cannot think of a defense in MLS that can stop Minnesota United's attack when those two pieces are clicking. And we saw what happened Saturday. I like where this is headed. I'm really looking forward and hoping that that attack continues to click. We can talk about Luis Samaria all day, the struggles he's faced, how non-existent he is. I forget he's on the pitch. 
at times. I shouldn't even say at times. For a majority of the last few matches, I have forgotten that Luis Amaria even exists. <laughs> Straight up. But that almost doesn't matter when Ray and Robin are clicking on all cylinders. Whoever is at striker is almost irrelevant when you have, and especially if when you have Fragapane in the mix, when you have the wingers on the number 10 for Minnesota United who are on their game, that striker position almost becomes irrelevant. And we saw that on Saturday. Fragapane wasn't outstanding. He wasn't bad. That's, again, kind of similar to what we're talking about with uh, O'Neal Fisher. Um, I guess maybe not similar to what we talked about with O'Neal Fisher, but I think... I think outside of the Philadelphia match Saturday was as as consistent, consistently solid as we've seen Fragapane all year. He was back to, you know, running thousand miles an hour down the pitch, hauling ass, right? Like he normally does. Um, so he looked more himself. Obviously, I think he's still playing his way back into full form. I don't think he's a hundred percent. Obviously, good enough to play and be out there. Um, so we'll have to, you know, keep an eye on that moving forward. But when Ray and Robin Lutter are on their game, there's there's really not too many teams that can stop Minnesota United in MLS. And my final thing is Dane does it again. And this was a really big measuring stick match for Dane St. Clair specifically. Because you were going up against Slanina on the other side, who had been statistically the best goalkeeper in in MLS so far this season. 17-year-old kid on his game, Dane St. Clair, right there with him statistically, but not quite at that level. I mean, nobody's going to be at the level Slanina was at coming into this match. The Chicago Fire had given up two goals all season in seven matches, seven league matches, I should say, coming in to the Minnesota United match. And a lot of that was due to the excellent play of Slanina in goal. Dane St. Clair won this goalkeeper battle, obviously, pretty uh, pretty handedly. And it wasn't like DSC was not called upon in this match either. Dane made a couple really big saves in the early portion of the second half to keep Minnesota in the match. I'm going to check my game notes really quick and bring them up. 55th minute. Probably should have been a Chicago Fire goal. Dane St. Clair comes up huge to keep the match scoreless. It's it's really becoming impressive what Dane St. Clair is doing. And he's quickly earning himself to be in the conversation of best goalkeeper in the league. Hands down, straight up, period. You are not going to see that this is rare air that Dane St. Clair is in these last, how how many matches has it been now? Seven that he's played. Yes, gave up a couple goals against Seattle. Yes, gave up a couple goals a couple of other times. But you look at New York, you look at Saturday. It's save after save after save after big stop after big stop after big stop. He is putting himself in that conversation. And it's deserved. 
And he is giving this Canadian national team coaching staff something to think about, or he should be giving them something. They should be thinking about this, what he's doing right now and contemplating where he is going to be in that roster come November. Obviously, if he keeps this up, he's going to be in Qatar, obviously. But if also he keeps this up, you might have to think about playing him. (laughs) Like, I mean, I I don't want to jump to so many conclusions, jump seven months down the line here. But if this type of quality continues from Dane, there is reason to believe that he could be between the posts for Canada game one in the World Cup. And I might get people in my mentions saying you're absolutely crazy for thinking about that. Maybe I am. Maybe I am looking at this through the loons lens and the loons lens only. But find me a goalkeeper that's doing as well as Dane St. Clair is right now. Find him. Show him to me. Show, show me the amount of saves that they're making, the amount of big saves that they're making, the single-handed nature of keeping their team in matches. I'll wait on that. <laughs> uh, before we get to the game notes here and some other topics, i got to shout out our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Part indoor soccer facility, part coffee shop. Best of both worlds. You can get your soccer fix in, and then you can get your caffeine fix in. You can get your pickup game in, and then get your pick-me-up in afterwards. Um, and if you, maybe you're not a big soccer player, maybe you're not a big pickup soccer player, but you enjoy soccer, you enjoy watching matches, being around other people who enjoy soccer, that's fine too. You don't have to play soccer if you go to Ninth Street. You don't have to use the, the field space that they give you. That's why the coffee shop's there. You go there, you'll see people working and watching soccer. You'll see people enjoying the fantastic coffee that they have tapping up on their laptops with soccer on in the background. It's a hub for the Minnesota soccer community, Ninth Street is. And so if you're anywhere close to 801 South Ninth Street, Minneapolis, and you're into soccer, check this place out. Whether it's during the day, during the week, whether it's one evening during the week, whether it's on the weekend, whatever it is, just go check them out. You'll be glad you did. And I promise you, you'll want to come back for more. Um, I believe now... If you're not an Arsenal fan, I apologize for bringing this up, especially if you're a Man U fan. My condolences. Um, but spin zone on that before we get back into Ninth Street. I have a spin zone on that. With how poorly this Man U roster has been put together, it's actually quite impressive that they're still top six. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. But anyways, um, the Minneapolis City Gooners were um, out at uh, at Ninth Street watching the uh, the Arsenal Man U match this weekend. They got together for that. So again, that's the kind of place that we're looking at here. It's a place where soccer lovers, soccer players, soccer coaches, soccer whatever, you can go check it out. Have a great time over at Ninth Street, 801 South Ninth Street, Minneapolis, um, or online NinthStreetMPLS.com. That's N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S.com. Reserve the field for your team party or group outing, or just, again, go and be part of the soccer community. Minnesota United Watch Party is happening periodically throughout the season for road matches that are at a decent time of night. <laughs> so go check them out. Again, 801 South 9th Street, Minneapolis, online, 9thStreetMPLS.com. Follow them, Twitter and Instagram, at 9thStreetMPLS. All right, let's get into the game notes here. Starting in the 10th minute, Reynoso finds the back of the net 
off the feed from Robin Lud, but former loon Wyatt Olmsberg does a really good job here of playing the offside trap almost perfect as Lud bobbles the ball just a bit before uh, setting the pass in. So Reynoso is caught offside in that situation. It was a good call. They went to VAR, but um, it, was, it was upheld. So the offside trap was played perfectly, but if Lud doesn't bobble the ball, if he sort of one times that pass, that could potentially be a goal for the loons. But um, this again continues to show what Reynoso is capable of and uh, the kind of quality that he's brought to this Minnesota United team. He is getting into those goal scoring situations so consistently now. Um, 20th minute, just 10 minutes later, Reynoso again, this time with a near perfect free kick from just under 25 yards. Clangs off the crossbar, or it's saved by Slanina. I'm not sure which one. Uh, maybe both. Either way, Karim's back out into play. Fragapane tries his luck. It's deflected wide. Loon's making things happen. Um, but that was really it for Minnesota's, I guess, um, urgency and uh, dangerousness in the first half. 45 plus one first half stoppage time here. Right at the death of the first half, Fragapane sends an inviting ball into the box. Reynoso, Debassi both make attempts at it, or I believe, no, it's Kamar Lawrence um, who made that second attempt at it. Um, but bodies go down everywhere. Lawrence makes contact in the box. Everybody in the crowd, 19,000 people are, are, are calling for a penalty. Um, no whistle. I mean, well, there was a whistle, but it was for halftime, not for a PK. So we're scoreless at the break. Second half, I told you about the 55th minute save from St. Clair to get things started. That really kept the loons in it. And then the 62nd minute, this is where things started to, I mean, this is this is where the adjustment was made that I think set the tone for the remainder of the match. Bringing Bongi for Amaria, Dunladi on for Fragapane. And this, once again, for the second match in a row, moves Robin Lud to the number nine for the final portion of the match. And we see what happens. We see it pay dividends right away. 72nd minute, bad giveaway from Almsberg and Minnesota's attacking third. Hongwani does really well to draw the defenders to him on his approach to the box. Waits until just the perfect time to send that pass in the middle to a wide open Reynoso. I cannot emphasize more how good Bongi is on the ball here to draw those defenders to him. The fact how forward and direct he plays towards goal works to balloons advantage excellently here because they see this guy moving straight in on goal they bring three defenders to him and who does that leave wide open the best player on your team when he's on Mano Reynoso perfect time pass wide open Ray buries the shot and the loons take the lead just a really good sequence started by forcing the turnover and uh they take full advantage with that 72nd minute opener 77th minute, Federico Tomorrow slides in recklessly on Lud, earns his second yellow card of the match. Reluctantly, I mean, he he milked this, Navarro did. I mean, it was pretty, it was a very, very well-deserved second yellow. Uh, but he did not uh, depart right away, I would say that. He was very reluctant to leave the Allianz field pitch. Uh, but he eventually does, of course, leaving Chicago down to 10 men. Saw some jokes made on uh, Minnesota United Twitter after this. Saw some, uh, some uh, you know, I guess people holding their breath because uh, the man advantage hasn't exactly boded well for the Loons in the past, but last night was different. 83rd minute, just six minutes later, Reynoso curls a beauty in from the corner. 
Um, and Loons take full advantage of the man advantage. Kervin Ariaga heads it home for his first goal of the season and the dagger. 2-0 Loons in the 83rd, and just five minutes later, 88th, make it three. As Robin Ludd just and one mixtapes the fire defense. A Chicago fire defense that was the best defensive team in MLS coming into this match. Robin Ludd made them look like a, a rec league team. With this move, Meg's a defender, and I mean, just made it look easy, made it look effortless, like it was on the training ground, and buries the wide open point blank shot to put the fire out completely. And uh, this one's over. That was it. 3 0. Loons win. Huge win for Minnesota United coming off of a, a two. Okay. One week ago, think one week ago Saturday where this Loons team was just coming off two losses. You're coming off probably your worst performance of the season. Actually, it was your worst performance of the season, hands down against Austin. A lot of questions were being asked. I think, and I think a lot of those questions were warranted. And at some level, I think it was pulling the fire alarm a little early. I think it was hitting the panic button a little early, but not a good two-match stretch that brought optimism about where this team was. It wasn't just the fact that they lost. They did. I mean, they looked all right in the Seattle match. The Austin match was just an absolute dud. Just an absolute dud. Coming to Colorado, or you bring Colorado into Allianz Field, pull away in the second half for a 3-1 win. You go into Madison, terrible weather conditions. U.S. Open Cup play. A U.S. Open Cup that has proven to be a trap for a lot of MLS teams. Real Salt Lake loses to a USL League One team. Chicago loses to a USL League One team. Columbus loses to a USL Championship team. The list goes on and on, right? Not Minnesota. They go in. Do they absolutely obliterate, dominate Ford Madison? No. Do they play solid with their second 11 for 90 minutes and and get a multi-goal road win in terrible weather conditions to move on in the U.S. Open Cup, which is the end goal? No matter how you do it, you just got to survive in advance in that kind of tournament. They did that. They did that more. And then you follow that up on Saturday. Just one day after losing your most versatile, potentially most important player. Less than 24 hours after he goes down on the training pitch and they shut down training to the media immediately. And you shake that off, you focus up, you play a defense who is one of the best defenses in the league statistically coming into this match, and you hang three on them. They had given up two goals the entire league season coming into this match, over seven matches, and you hang three on them. I'm fired up because I'm optimistic. I agree with Jacob. This team is exactly where they need to be. Eight matches in. Statement wins. Dominic and I on 10,000 pitches have talked week in and week out about how this Loons team has been lacking a really quality statement marquee win for a while. Last year, the Philadelphia match is really the only one that I can think of. 
2020, had a bunch of them. Had a great year, Western Conference Final, hosting playoff game. This year, eh. Got a statement draw, maybe, if there is such a thing, against Philly. But Saturday. Now, if, if, if Chicago goes on to absolutely crap the bed the rest of the season, they finish 11th in the West, then maybe it doesn't look like such a statement win. But on national television, on ESPN, on your home pitch in front of a raucous crowd, best crowd you've seen all season, weather was gorgeous, aside from some wind. And you just absolutely hammer them. That's a statement win. As of right now, that is a huge statement win. That's a team. That's a that's a win. Other teams in MLS, they see that scoreline and they go, Ooh, okay. Okay, Minnesota. Bet you extra time is going to be talking about the loons a little bit more than they normally do, right? Aside from when they give Heath shit for talking about MLS.com or whatever, they might actually have to devote five, six minutes to the loons and talk about some good, some positiveness. That's what you've done here. You make the national media and the national perspective turn a little bit to Minnesota and it's like, okay. Okay, maybe this team can do some things. Maybe this team is as good as advertised. Maybe this team is the team that we thought they could be. They could be. When's the last time you felt like that, right? This is this is this is that turning point of the season where um you have some real momentum to build off of. The momentum was already there heading into Saturday, and you had an opportunity to continue that. You took full advantage of that, and now that momentum ball is rolling pretty significantly. We'll talk about one potential negative after I shout out our friends over at Stimulus Athletic. Uh, Stimulus Athletic founder and former Minnesota United player Jason Mora began supporting us at Soda Soccer, formerly 10,000 Pitches, although the 10,000 Pitches podcast still exists, but we're Soda Soccer. Now that's the umbrella. Anyways, 10,000 Pitches launched, launched as a podcast in the summer of 2020. Jason and Stimulus Athletic almost immediately jumped on board and started supporting what we were doing with 10K Pitches. In the middle of a pandemic, their like main source of, of, of business is, is soccer teams um, and, and outfitting soccer clubs. There was no soccer in the summer of 2020 or little to no soccer in the summer of 2020. And they still decided in the middle of a pandemic to invest in a small upstart Minnesota soccer podcast. And he continues and stimulus continues to provide us that support now that we're sodasoccer.com. And I'm proud to say Jason has become a really good friend of mine as well. We talk and text on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. I'm out at their, their office and their, their, their HQ quite a bit as well, talking to Jason about ideas and things coming up, things coming down the pipeline. Um, you know, Jason and I have developed a really, really good relationship, but also the relationship between stimulus and soda soccer is a great one as well. And that's because they provide a quality product at a very affordable price. I'm not just talking as somebody who promotes their business on a podcast. I'm talking as a former customer, or I guess still a current customer as well. We launched the 10K kit back in 2020 via Stimulus Athletic. And everybody who bought one was blown away when they got that thing in the mail saying it looked better 
in person than it did in the mock-up. You know how hard that is to do? You know how many, you know what we've seen from clubs and and, uh, teams so often on Twitter when you see the mock-up of their jersey and then they get it and it's like, this is looks nothing like what I thought I was getting. You don't get that with stimulus. Quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. Minneapolis-based company doing great things for clubs like, I don't know, Minneapolis City, Joy Athletic, Vlora, Dynamo St. Cloud, Tulsa Athletic, the American Outlaws, the Anguian National Team. They all use stimulus to help at their club with the jerseys, game gear, and apparel they need. Also, just as a little bonus, if you're not the owner, of a club, if you're not a coach or an athletic director at a school who would be looking to need, you know, a club to outfit game gear and apparel, that's okay. Cause you can get some pretty awesome athleisure wear directly from stimulus on their website as well. So you can support stimulus cause they support us. Stimulusathletic.com. Start a conversation with their amazing team about outfitting your club with game gear and apparel, or go check out their awesome line of athleisure wear. Just make sure you let them know, Jeremy, from Soda Soccer and Post Loon sent you, would you? Um, one negative after the, the the Chicago match to mention is that uh, Will Trapp got yet another first-half yellow card, his fifth first-half yellow card of the season. Now, fortunately, it did not come back to bite Minnesota United in this match like it had in, in, in prior matches, Austin, Seattle. Uh, but... It does leave the loons very shorthanded against LAFC. When I say very shorthanded, think about this. Will Trap out due to yellow card accumulation. Sonny Dotson out for the season. You need two defensive midfielders. And the way I look at it right now, you have two options. Obviously, the first one that comes to mind, the obvious one is just slot in Ja'Cory Hayes. Okay, that could work. But there's another option there. And I've heard rumblings of this. I've heard from people at training um, that Nabi Kibanguchi has actually been training more as a defensive midfielder than on the back line. Maybe, just maybe, you throw him in and see what he can do. You're on the road at LAFC. I don't know if you're expecting three points out of that match. I'm just saying, as as much as I was talking up Minnesota for the last 20 minutes, saying how good they're doing and saying how they're very dangerous and, and all this, you're still going on the road against the top team in the West. And your roster is going to look different the rest of the way. Somebody's got to step up in the defensive midfield and become that prime depth option. We know all due respect to Ja'Cory Hayes. We know who he is and what he can provide. We know his ceiling. We know, we know where he fits in. We know the quality. We don't necessarily know the same from Nabi Kimaguchi. I'm not on this Minnesota United coaching staff. I am not someone who makes decisions or is probably even anywhere close to being qualified to make any roster decisions for any team at any level. 
But I'm looking at this and I'm, if there was a time to experiment in a game, you're realistically looking at this game realistically. Now, Minnesota United has gone on the road at LAFC in seasons that LAFC has been really, really good. And they have gotten three points. 2-0 in 2019, right? But you got to see what other guys can bring you. And I think this is an opportunity to do that. I think this is an opportunity to experiment a little bit, give a guy like Kim and Gucci the opportunity to show you what they can do. He's done it in training. He's done it at the MLS Next Pro level. Start him on the start him on the senior team. See what he can do. Take a chance, right? Take a risk. See what happens. If it blows up in your face and you lose three nil at LAFC, you lose three nil at LAFC. I don't think anybody's going to be pulling the fire. They shouldn't be pulling the fire alarm after that, right? I wouldn't consider that dropping points, really. If you don't get if you don't get a point on the road at LAFC, I honestly would not consider that dropping points at all. Um. So see what see what a, a new piece can bring you, right? Um, more big picture observations. Um, in addition to O'Neill Fisher, um, this back line, I'm I'm good with this back line. I I like what they bring. Um, I've I've talked about Coleman individually this season. Kai DeBassi has been great um this season in the running for man of the match. If it wasn't for St. Clair and Ray, maybe DeBassi gets man of the match. Against against Chicago, I uh, I'm really impressed and almost proud of the way that this defense, this piecemeal defense, has come together. It can't be easy, right? But they have come together. Whoever is back there. You bring in a brand new piece in Kamar Lawrence. Okay, good. We're good. You bring in, you know, O'Neill Fisher's in. He's out. He's at left back. He's at right back. Doesn't matter. Solid. And of course, Boxel and Debassi are the 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 backbone, like literally the backbone of this Minnesota United lineup. Good stuff. Just just really good stuff. That's another reason why I think you can afford to experiment with it with the defensive midfield a little bit because this back line has been good and Dane St. Clair has been really good. They could potentially bail you out if your defensive midfield is, is not necessarily up to par. All right, we will go with what's on tap in just a minute, but one last sponsor to highlight here. That's, of course, Pence Holmes. If you're on Minnesota United Twitter, you, you know who Nate Pence is. Diehard loan supporter. I see him out at Minneapolis City events, Minnesota Aurora events as well, just a supporter of Minnesota soccer as a whole as well. Not only does he support Minnesota soccer, but he uh, he helps people in Minneapolis and St. Paul who are looking to buy or sell their home, and he does a damn good job of it. If you just go to their website, pencehomes.com, P-E-N-T-Z homes.com, you can see the reviews, you can see um, the ratings, you can see everything that sort of shows you, you know, a quality realtor you know the actual testimonials from the people who have used pence homes and all they're all great really really good ratings and and reviews across the board um so 
if you want to support somebody who is supporting Minnesota soccer, but also get all the headache, or I shouldn't say all the headache. It's impossible for a realtor to remove all the headache that comes with moving, but, or buying a home, I should say, or selling a home or both. But if you want the best experience possible in this market, you got to go with Nate and Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com. Email Nate directly, Nate at PenceHomes.com. Make sure you let him know Jeremy from Soda Soccer sent you. Again, this is a guy and a, a business who supports Minnesota soccer, and they're very, very good at what they do. So allow them to help you. PenceHomes.com. Nate at PenceHomes.com. All right, on tap, like we mentioned, next Sunday, May 1st, 9 p.m. Central Time kickoff at LAFC. Not going to be easy. An opportunity to experiment maybe a little bit. Opportunity to to for this team to really, really show you what they've got. Um, I think any points you get out of this are gravy, to be honest. That's kind of, kind of how I'm looking at it. And then the following Saturday, May 7th, against Cincinnati at home at Allianz Field. That is slated for a 7 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Obviously, no listener or viewer questions this week because this is going to be – this is pre-recorded. I had the kids to myself all weekend. Uh, fiance was out of Colorado for her bachelorette party. So, um, I quickly realized as I was watching the game on Saturday and just, there was absolute chaos around me with friends over and, and stuff being played with and screaming and yelling and on running and all the things that come with having two girls. Um, I quickly realized that, that I was not gonna be able to like break away for even 30 minutes and do some sort of live post game show. So we're recording it here on Sunday night. It'll be nice and good in your podcast feed Monday morning. So thank you for listening. Thank you for consuming our content at sodasoccer.com. Again, S O T A soccer.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at soda S O C. And if you want to support what we do, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash soda soccer. My name is Jeremy rushing. We'll be back on friday for a new version of Ten Thousand pitches with myself and dominic jose bisogno we will also be back following lafc either that night or maybe day after considering it's a 9 p.m central time start we'll see how we're feeling next sunday but either way another edition of post loons coming your way early next week as well thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate it we will catch you next time see you